0: You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. What we realize is that the Calvary Church is on a mission and has a mission from God. And the Calvary Church exists to help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and to live out his purpose. And that's what this whole month has been about, of really aligning our hearts, aligning our minds with what God is doing and wants to do through the Calvary Church. Another way that the Bible kind of uh, says this same statement is when Jesus talks about making disciples. And the word disciple really is a word that, that means to follow to follow Christ or to be a student of Christ, to be led by Christ. And so how do we know if we are a disciple? John 15 verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And so we take this passage and we realize that God wants our life to bear fruit. He wants us to uh, have something that is produced out of of our life, the first thing we find in in uh, this study, we went into Mark chapter four and we looked at the parable of the sowers. And there's four types of soil, and each type of soil really produced something. And so we realize that it's important that the soil. Um, be cultivated, the soil have an opportunity to be set in a way that it can actually produce something out of it, and in the parable of Mark four, the critical factor into something producing fruit was actually the soil in which the seed was sown, and the seed was the same, the atmosphere was the same, and both of them were critical to growth. but what determined whether the seed germinated or not was how the soil uh, was and uh, how, how the seed was able to find itself in the soil. And so how we uh, type that into helping us produce fruit in our walk with god is that we need people in our life we need people in our life who are there to help cultivate the soil to help pull the weeds to help dig out the rocks to help soften some of the hardened areas of our lives we can do some of it ourselves but we need a local body a local church that can help us to cultivate the soil of our life so we challenge uh our disciples challenge those who belong to the Ch- Calvary Church to belong locally. That that this is your church, that you're you're connected here because you have an opportunity to see, see God's full measure of fruit produced in your life when you belong locally. Anthony Henson did a great job in challenging us on this first lesson with this idea that we really can't be who God wants us to be without having people in our life, the family of God, the church of God being involved in our life. The second task or element of uh, bearing fruit is we need seed. The Bible says that the word of God Uh, is the seed that that is uh, to be shared, to be planted. And so we realize the importance of learning truth. A disciple, somebody who's in a relationship with God, will consistently put themselves in an environment to learn truth. And we talked about in lesson two the importance of God's word and the importance of teaching and preaching. The third element is the atmosphere that in order for a seed to come out of the ground, there has to be sun and rain, and so we have to be exposed to the right atmosphere, and in this, we realize we need the power and presence of God in our life. No matter who we're connected to, no matter what's being taught, at the end of the day, it's the power and presence of God that pulls us up the the plant, that pulls up the tree out of the ground, that ultimately gives it the ability to produce fruit. And we need the Spirit of God, we need all that God has for us, and we need to experience this transformation. And so we talked about the importance of experiencing the power and presence of God. And finally, the last element of bearing fruit is the fruit itself. And so the right soil, the right seed, the right atmosphere will produce fruit. But the question is, what good is fruit that stays on the vine? What good is it if fruit is produced but nobody gets to partake of it? And so our lives should be producing something that benefits others around us. Last week, Kristen masterfully spoke on the opportunity we have to share the fruit of God's light with others. And I love the points that she made. That that it could be as simple as saying, I once was blind, but now I see. I don't know how it all happened, but I just want to tell you what God has done for me. Just that simple testimony. Or it could be leading uh, a man who is asking and reading the prophet Isaiah and taking him from the prophet Isaiah all the way through Jesus Christ and teaching them systematically the word of God. But we have a great responsibility, and we have a great opportunity when fruit comes out of our life to share that with others. And so a disciple will share light. Finally, a disciple will serve others. And tonight we will conclude our series with this simple observation that we are created to serve others. We live in a me-first culture. Or I could say a me-only culture. In 2015, I preached a message here at the Calvary Church called The Unselfie. In it, I relayed this story in talking about the obsession of our culture with self. And the story goes like this. There was a local web developer and a blogger named Philip Cathan. He was 35, and he worked for a design company in Seattle, Washington. And in his interview with reporters, he said that he takes time out, out of every day to promote and further his brand, to extend his social and online presence. He said, I am my own product. And he He said this while he was trying to check all his Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and all the accounts that he had. And he said, I think of myself as the creator, the the developer, marketer of brand, Philip Kathan. And the ideas that I come up with are, are products produced by the brand. He said, it's sort of like I'm the CEO of the company called Me." And he continued on and rambled on about himself and all the different things he, he does. And, and he even went on to talk about his daily posts and his Facebook posts. And he, he, he said it was all an extension of him as a brand. And so this unbelievably self-absorbed man also stated that everything he did from social interactions to visits with his family, essentially served to continue his brand. It was all about pointing people to him. He said, it's all about getting people to hear my voice and having them recognize that voice as a valuable commodity. And he said, ultimately, I I think I can get people talking about me and seeing the many elements of who I am. That's the only way my product can be seen by everyone. And he rambled on and on and on about himself. Obviously, this is an extreme case that illustrates the point that this culture is primed for self-indulgence. It's a self-centered culture that we live in in. And in reality, we talked last year about social media, and I'm not going to talk about that, but it it really is a culture that is self-absorbed. It's like the person who told me, and I've mentioned this before, it's like the person who told me, enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? Everything points back to me. And the Bible gives us that very exact description when it talks about the end times. Paul said in Second Timothy, he says to Timothy, but know this, that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. In the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. First thing on the list is that we will be absorbed with us, with me. And so I challenge us tonight, as someone who has surrendered to Christ, somebody who has said that you want to follow Jesus Christ, that you want to find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, you and I have been saved from this mindset, we've been delivered from this mindset that so easily captures the minds of those in this culture, and that we realize that we don't have to satisfy that craving to indulge ourselves, but we can actually live a more fulfilled life and a spiritually fulfilled life in which we don't have to just put us first. I submit we were created to worship God and to love others. And this is where we will find our greatest fulfillment in life. Reason is because this is at the sinless core of who we are and who we were designed to be. You see, sin has diluted or even diluted denigrated this desire in us so much so that our sin nature is most enjoyed when it looks out for number one, but the spiritual man is fulfilled when it looks out for others. And so I would suggest that when Christ made us new again. When we were born again, and I, I hope you've been born again of water and of spirit, that when we were born again, we go back to that nature that cries out to not just serve ourselves, But to serve others. Here's how Paul tells it to Philippians, the Philippian church in Philippians chapter two, verse three. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. Let each of you look not out, not out uh, only on his own interests, but also on the interests of others. On the interest of others. And then he he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Where did this mindset come from? To have an interest in others before we would have an interest in ourselves. It doesn't come from our sinful nature. It comes from a born-again nature. It comes from a nature that has been created again. And so the only way we can look out on the interest of others is to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So if we're going to say that we're a follower, we're going to say that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I think we should know that the Bible kind of makes a big deal out of how we treat each other. And so, you know, we like to say things like, mind your own business. In the second grade, we said, none of your beeswax." Something like that. But there are 59 verses in the New Testament that tell us to do something for someone else. 59 times in the New Testament alone that it tells us that we're to do something for somebody else. The most common expression is to love one another. Another expression is honor one another above Yourself. That's found in Romans chapter 12, 10. Another one says, Have equal concern for each other. That's found in Corinthians. Have equal concern. Encourage each other. Pray for each other. Peter wrote this to the the early church. He said, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Now let me stop just there for a minute and jump off on a little tangent. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love doesn't uncover a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of sin. sin, You and I have the opportunity through love to cover a multitude of sin. That's why we're careful about what we say when we know things about other people. If you can't say something that is going to benefit somebody else or the person you're you're talking to uh, can't really help the scenario, it's probably best that you not say anything at all. So I I think there's something about loving one another by not talking about the sins and the things that others might have committed. I think a lot of people would have a better opportunity of coming back to God if we followed this principle, love covers a multitude of sins. And then Peter says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling, And then he says this, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Now here's the deal. It's impossible for you to receive the Holy Spirit and not receive with it gifts. It's impossible for you to be born of the Spirit and God not impart charisma to you, something for you to do. And so Peter says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So it's a powerful passage that admonishes us that we are to serve one another. In Galatians, Paul uh, is addressing a group of people who are being tempted and pulled by some of the religious leaders to forsake the liberty of Christ and go back to the bondage of Judaism. And so Paul writes this uh, letter, and specifically in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1, he says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of of bondage, And so he, he tells them not to return to the yoke of religious bondage, but to be free in Christ, to, to live that out. But watch verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love, serve one another. Just because you're Christ, just because you've been born again, just because you're following Christ doesn't mean you uh, should not serve anybody but yourself because Christ has done so much for you, but in fact, it's the opposite. You should serve one another through love. What? The love that you have received. We can't really give love unless we've received love, and the only real love that we can receive is through God. Why? Because God is. Is love. And so the love that people need, the love that we have to give only comes from God. So through love, we serve one another. In Galatians 4, 4, 5, verse 14, he said, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. What's the law fulfilled in? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he goes on but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. He's talking about the relationships with one another that were to serve one another. In verse 16 of chapter 5, this passage, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. <clears throat> Let me help us tonight by telling us serving others is walking in in the spirit. Serving others is walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit is not just speaking in tongues. Walking in the spirit is not just coming into the house of God and praying at the altar. Walking in the spirit is not just giving somebody a word of wisdom or casting out devils. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people who are talented, very gifted, anointed people who only want a prominent place in ministry but don't really want to serve. And they don't really have an interest in serving outside of a place of prominence, outside of a place of recognition. But let me tell you, walking in the Spirit is not just when you have a mic in your hand or when you're recognized from the pulpit. Walking in the Spirit is serving the least among Us, it's serving others, whoever they may be. So every one of us, every one of you who do something to serve others, that is a walk in the spirit. And so our greatest example of this concept of serving others is when Christ demonstrates this idea to his disciples. Here when we find the the mastery of Jesus' teaching, not only does he tell them what to do, but he shows them what to do. And so at the Passover supper with his disciples before he's about to be led to the crucifixion, Jesus knew that he was going to die. And so John chapter 13 verse 4, it says that he rose from that supper. He was there eating at the supper table and he rose up and there's a a very important thing that the scripture tells us that he did. It says that he laid aside his garment. He laid aside his garment. Before he took the towel, he laid aside his garment. And identity, our identity, our self-awareness, our self-identity, our self-image, always gets in the way of serving others. I would ask for an amen if you were here. It always gets in the way of serving others. Our fears trip us up. Our anxieties trip us up. It's, it's our fears. It's who we are. It's our pride that trip us, trips us up. We, we, we don't want to associate with certain things. Identity always gets in the way of serving others. But you cannot pick up the towel until you lay aside your garments. You cannot pick up the towel until you've laid aside your garments. You may be seated. Just kidding. And so after he laid aside his garments, Jesus took the towel and he girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and he began to walk through that process with them. He was demonstrating for them that he, that no one, no one is ever too great that they can ever get a pass on serving. None of us, no matter what our position is in the church, no matter What our position is in society, no matter what we have in our bank account, no matter what we don't have in our bank account, no matter what our education is or what it is not, none of us get a pass on serving others. No one can call themselves a a true follower of Jesus Christ without serving others. And so I want to give you four reasons to serve others, four reasons to serve others. The first reason to serve others is you will find God. You will find God. Humility is a God magnet. Anytime you humble yourself, anytime you submit, anytime you obey, anytime you surrender your will to his will, God always shows up. God is tr- attracted to humility. And so, so serving others causes us to enter into a position where God is attracted to what we're doing. You will always find God when you serve Others. Number two, you will learn contentment. You will realize when you serve others that your needs are really not probably needs. They're more like wants. It allows you to step back a little bit and realize, you know what, maybe I should be grateful. Maybe I should be more grateful for what God has done. And you will find a place of contentment that is very peaceful number three you will develop strength when you serve you think you're pouring out you think you're giving you see but fruit has seed in it and anytime you give somebody something something always comes back to you and it grows into something greater you grow in your knowledge when you serve you grow in wisdom you grow in faith there's so many great things that happen when you serve others And finally, you, when you serve others, you will live fulfilled. You will live spiritually fulfilled. You will find the will of God when you begin to serve others. Some people want to wait until they know exactly what they're supposed to do, and and then they're going to serve others. No, you just jump in and you start serving others, and God's will begins to Manifest itself in your life. And then I want to give you three places to serve others. The first place to serve others is with your family. That we're called to our family, and every family's different. And there's no such thing as a normal family, no such thing as a great family. All families have their challenges. You can Look in scripture, I remember Dr. James Little one time was talking about family and he said, find me in the Bible, the great family. Find me in the Bible, the the picture of a great family. And it's hard to find because the enemy attacks families. But we have an opportunity to serve our family, not to just consume our family, but to give back to our family. And and I think there's more opportunity to bless our family than we realize. First Timothy, Paul would tell us that we should provide for our family first. And then the second place that we can serve others is at our local church. Hopefully you belong to a local expression of believers. If you don't. I invite you to belong to the Calvary Church. It's a great place to belong. The Calvary Church, we serve others by serving on ministry teams. I'm gonna talk about Super Team Sunday in just a minute, but ministry teams help us facilitate ministry to our local congregation. It helps us minister to one another. It helps us to minister to guests, and it helps us to minister outside of these four walls. And also, we serve in the church by our generosity. So many of you are amazing givers, you're generous givers, and we're watching even this first month of the year looking at the contributions and the things that people are giving to and watching us be able to do amazing things around the world because of missions giving and watching the the daycare and the Promise Project come to life because of generosity. And so we have an opportunity to serve others through our church. And then we have finally an opportunity to serve others in our community. Hopefully, your eyes are open to the the opportunities around you every day. There are people that need us. There are organizations, life-giving organizations like we talked about at Friends Day who need people to volunteer, need people to help in these organizations. And you have an opportunity to serve your community. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, we kind of come back to that. And I want to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Each one of us have a part to play. And though, so Peter says, use them well to serve one another. We have an opportunity to bless so many people with our lives. If the maximum uh, maximum experience of our Christian life is only coming to church we're missing we're missing a tremendous opportunity to allow the power of God to be resident among us If, if our only experience with God is watching something on social media we're missing the opportunity to share the fruit of God's love with others and so We challenge the Calvary Church, we challenge you to first belong locally, second, learn truth, third, experience transformation, fourth, share light, and finally, serve others. Now, if you are with other people right now, and uh, you can, I want you, we're going to take just a few moments Before we wrap this up, I want you to take just a few moments and either think about this or talk about this amongst those you're with. Or if you're on Facebook Live, I want you to use the feed to participate in this app time. So I'm going to give you just a couple minutes and then I'll conclude. But I want you to talk about a time when you saw an example of true humility and serving. Talk about a time when you saw an example of true humility in serving, or describe a time in your life when somebody helped or served you. Describe a time in your life when somebody helped or served you. So take just a couple minutes, and I'll come right back. All right, we are back, and hopefully you had a chance to discuss that. Even if you weren't able to uh, write anything on the Facebook live discussion, if you think of something later, definitely feel free to post that uh, online. So before we close in prayer, our opportunity to serve others here at the Calvary Church is uh, really going to be highlighted this Sunday at Super Team Sunday. Now, Kristen has made it known that this is a Houdé church, and... And I am in no way going to stand against that. However, this is what I know. We are Team Calvary, and we have an opportunity to do amazing, amazing things. And so we're doing a special service this Sunday. It's going to be a regular evangelistic service. We're going to be preaching, but we're going to be highlighting before and during and after the service the opportunity for people to be a part of ministry Teams and each one of you who come, you're going to get a uh, you're going to get a catalog that really lists out all the opportunities there are to serve on a local ministry team, a weekly ministry team, and so that's what this Sunday is about—about about all of us getting on Team Calvary. And so, how does it work? You're going to receive a catalog, and you're going to receive a. Form a ministry team sign-up form. And, and on this form, you're going to have the opportunity to list out ministry opportunities or one ministry opportunity that you would like to participate in in the coming year. And so we're asking that everyone who considers Calvary their home, you consider this your home church, we want you to be on Team Calvary. It's going to be an exciting and exciting Day, And so a few questions have come up and I want to try to answer those quickly. Um, How much time is required to serve on a ministry at the Calvary Church? So there's a variety of opportunities. There's going to be a variety of things for you to sign up. Four, they have different requirements, different times that they require, Um, but on this particular form, we've outlined for you basically two ways for you to identify the opportunity. One, as something, as a primary opportunity that you're really passionate about, or secondary, I'd be glad to help, but maybe I'm not super, super passionate about it, and so there's a couple ways for you to identify and look at the opportunities that are available. So what if you already serve on a ministry team? That's great. You you are in great shape. What we want you to do is actually put that ministry opportunity down as number one or two. Some of you serve on multiple teams. If you're planning to stay on that team, go ahead and put it down. If you are not planning to stay on that team, and I'm making all my ministry leaders nervous right now, but if you plan to, to, to maybe... Uh, try another ministry. We'll call it that. Try another ministry. You can do so, and this is the time to do that. Just let your ministry team leader know this week that, hey, I'm not going to actually sign up for the ministry that I've been working in. I'm going to try something else so they know how to prepare and to, how to kind of evaluate those who have volunteered. So how long are you being asked to serve? You're being asked to serve for one year. You're committing to one year of serving on a weekly ministry team. That does not mean you serve every week. It just means that this ministry happens every week. And so you're gonna be helping this ministry uh, to fulfill its purpose and to serve others here at the Calvary Church. What will happen when I sign up? So when you come in on Sunday morning, you can go to the Fellowship Hall. We're going to have donuts and coffee there and from 10 to 1030. You're going to have an opportunity to walk around. There will be booths. There will be ministry leaders there, and you can talk to them. You'll be able to review the catalog, talk to them, ask them about the opportunity, ask them what the requirements are, how much time it takes, what, they, what you should expect. And then when you've finally figured out what you kind of want to go towards. And and even if you're just interested in a few ministries, not sure what you want to land on, go ahead and fill it out, and then there's going to be a checkout table. At the checkout table, you'll turn in this form, and when you turn in that form, you will receive a free gift from us. It's going to be awesome. It's a free T-shirt, and you're going to love it. And then you'll come into the auditorium if you come in for donuts and coffee, and we're going to have a service. And then after the service, if you haven't figured out what you want to do, you can go back into Fellowship Hall and talk to more ministry leaders and then fill this out. Get your T-shirt. And then later that week, you're going to get contacted to let you know what opportunities are available, what the requirements are, and how you can get involved. And so this is going to be a fun Sunday You're more than welcome to wear your favorite jersey. Uh, You can wear uh, casual. It's a casual Sunday. If you want to wear a tux, that's fine with me. But it's going to be a fun Sunday. But it's going to be a very important Sunday, a strategic Sunday at the Calvary Church where we collectively say we are going to serve others. We're embracing this value. We're embracing this task as disciples And we're going to serve others and bless others with our lives. I want to pray for you before we dismiss tonight. Lord, I thank you God for our opportunity to be together tonight. I thank you for everyone who has been able to tune in God in this environment it's certainly different, it's a a different way to experience the word of God but Lord, we're thankful, we're thankful that we could look into your word, we're thankful that you're calling us to such great things. There's so many wonderful things happening at the Calvary Church and I'm praying that there would be just an uprising Lord, in our hearts for the things of God, there would be a passion that begins to to just really expand in our hearts for what you're wanting to do, not just in us, but through us, through us individually and through us collectively. Bless our time. Keep us safe this week, and we'll be careful to give you praise and glory as we come back Sunday. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. Good night.